Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready to get this going? Yes, sir. We got a lot to talk about. We got some NASCAR, baby. Woo! And some football. Oh, yes. A little bit shaking, baking, pigskin. How you doing? Or he really loves shaking, baked pork rinds. <laughs> hey, man. Pork rinds, you know, when I was a kid, I tried them one time. I about threw up. Tried them again about a week ago today. I'm telling you, man. They ain't as bad as I thought. Changed your life, huh? Uh, pretty good, dude. Yeah, sir. All right. Well, I mean, I didn't. I never was really against pork rinds. It's just they're a little dry and kind of salty. They're very salty. So you need something to drink with it, or you yeah, really I, good. I only had a couple of them to just check it out because my taste buds are changing, and I know that I'm. You know, I was a really picky eater when I was younger. So mm-hmm. I'm trying different things out, and I tried it again. I was like, that wasn't that bad. So. Right. If there's ever, like, a, you know, shortage of anything and there's still pork rinds, I guess I'm good to go. There you go. All right, so let's get into this. <laughs> All right, we're just going to we're gonna bypass the previous week's NASCAR race, even though we missed it because it would be too much to go over. That's fine. So we're just going to stick with the Brickyard 200 that happened this uh, week. The results are A.J. Allmendinger takes first place in the number 16 Chevy. Ryan Blaney in the number 12 Ford came in second. Kyle Larson, the number five Chevy, came in third. Chase Elliott, the number nine Chevy, came in fourth. Matt DiBendetto came in the 21 Ford, came in fifth. Kurt Busch, in the number one Chevy, came in sixth. Eric Jones, in the number 43 Chevy, came in seventh. Justin Haley, or Halley, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but came in eighth in the number 77 Chevy. Austin, uh, Austin Sendrick, in the number 33 Ford, in ninth. And Ryan Newman, Gets a top 10 finish in the number 6 Ford. 
The cup standings as they sit right now in first place is Kyle Larson in that number five Chevy. Second, it's still Martin Truex Jr. in the number 19 Toyota. Third is Alex Bowman in the 48 Chevy. Fourth is Kyle Busch in the number 18 Toyota. Ninth is Chase, or fifth, sorry, is Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevy. William Byron is sixth in the 24 Chevy. Joey Logano is seventh in the 22 Toyota. Ryan Blaney in the 12 Ford is eighth. Brad Kozlowski in the two Ford is ninth. Kurt Busch is in the top 10 with the number one Chevy. Uh, Christopher Bell in the 95 Toyota is 11th. Michael McDowell in the 34 Ford is 12th. Eric Amarola is 13th in the 10 Ford. Denny Hamlin will sneak into the playoffs in the number 11 um, Toyota at 14. Kevin Harvick in the number 4 Ford is in 15th and 16th. Tyler Reddick in the 31 Chevy. We'll get to what happened for Denny Hamlin to make the playoffs. Let's get to it, brother. Part-timer A.J. Allmendinger won in a very chaotic Brickyard 200 that saw cup standings leader Kyle Larson go from leading the race with about 10 laps left to finishing third with all the cautions that marred the end of the race. Turns 4, 5, and 6 was the accident monster that would cause several late race accidents that would push the race into overtime laps. A.J. Allmendinger would pip strategize his way into victory lane. The win for Allmendinger was also the victory for Denny Hamlin as it guaranteed his spot in the cup playoff with two races left in the regular season. Cooper, first your thoughts on part-timer A.J. Allmendinger holding out with uh, some good pit strategy to win the race and then Danny Hamlin making the playoff. Sometimes that's how it works, man. It, it, you got a good pit crew and you you know, you know, got some cautions. You can make it, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you never count yourself out of the race, man. So, But for Danny Hamlin, bro... <laughs> just squeaked in there dude like what yep. yeah he benefited a lot from the fact that even with the next two races um, if there were different winners he would still be the points um, leader for non-winners if he's not one of the winners in the last two races which guarantees his playoff berth um, but dang dude that was that's a little scary for Hamlin yeah <laughs> it is man you're like I haven't won and what it was bad is uh, and, and all season we've been talking is, is Danny Hamlin going to get in? Is he going to get in? Yep. Is he going to get in? And he just gets in. Uh, we did also discuss the fact that uh, uh, Hamlin... Oh, we didn't discuss it, but I was going to say Hamlin was actually leading this race in one of the restarts late in the race that um, we watched, uh, which I thought was going to actually be a benefit to him because he didn't. He had pitted a few laps before the last uh, the last accident with 10 laps to go. Which ended up benefiting him to get out in front, but then of course all the restarts and because of all the crashes ended up shuffling, shuffling him out of a chance for a guaranteed spot with a win. But good for Danny Hamlin and good for Allmendinger to uh, who's a good road course driver, um, better known for being in the uh, indie um, indie races, doing the uh, road courses. But uh, good for him to get that uh, victory at the 200. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Yes, sir. Uh, um, well, I mean, this is this is weird. It was cool how he did it, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, man. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to go from the racetrack to the gridiron. Let's do it. After the first official week of preseason games, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as well as all th- other 31 teams, had to trim their roster down from 90 to 85. Tim Tebow was unfortunately one of those five cuts. Two videos went viral after the Jags game against Chicago that showed... Tebow made two terrible attempts on blocks. 
Tebow also did not play any snap on special teams, which players um, that low on the depth chart are generally doing to show their worth for a team. For a team, time will tell if this is Tebow's uh, if Tebow's run for an NFL comeback will be officially over now. Cooper, your thoughts on uh, Tebow's release? This is hard, dude. You gotta love Tim Tebow for everything he stands for mm-hmm. and represents, but. As a professional football player, not even really playing your preferred, you know, position. Oh. Uh, I, yeah. I think you and I both wanted to see him do well. All right. We did. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. This is the NFL. This is the professional league. And, you know... I think Tim Tebow, if he got another chance as a quarterback, maybe. Yeah. But uh, as a tight end, no. Right. Um, you know, you don't spend your whole, a lot of you don't spend a lot of time blocking as a quarterback. So mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's it's sad to see him go, but you know, he's awesome, man. I mean, he he still follows his dreams and still keeps an upbeat attitude about everything he does. Yes, sir. So uh, that's something to stand by. It is. And that's my bad. It's actually Cleveland that they face, not Chicago. Right C, wrong team. Gotcha. <laughs> the C, a C city, but... That's right. It was Cleveland. Yeah, it was Cleveland that came to town. Um, not totally a shocker, uh, unfortunately. Um, he came pretty much on the roster as basically going to be the 90th guy, and... He had a long way to climb to get himself to the point where he was going to make the final 53. Um, and as we said, he didn't really do he didn't do any snaps on special teams. Which, if you're a four string tight end, you got to show out on special teams. And then just the way Urban Meyer was talking about him from the get go, yeah, it just kind of put it, the seed in your head that he's not going to be there very long. So. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, this didn't work out for Tebow, but we wish him well in his future endeavors. Um, he's a he's a great person, a great personality. Would love to see him back as an analyst on Fox or N- or ESPN, NBC, whoever's willing to pick him back up and let him um, either do college analysis or he can still do NFL analysis too. So I'd love to see him back on television in that aspect. Definitely, definitely. But we'll save the rest of the controversy of how we actually feel about some other people's thoughts about this situation um, to rest because it will get a little political in here. So, yeah, yeah, we'll keep that up. All right, so Brett Favre had uh, made minor headlines this week. He was quoted as saying he urges parents to not allow their kids play any form of organized tackle football prior to the age of 14. He has even said that he would not want his own kids playing tackle football before that age. And 14 is not an arbitrary number either, that is, as that it is generally the beginning age of freshmen entering high school. Joy Taylor on The Herd with Colin Coward yesterday stated that kids can just eat, just as easily learn the fundamentals of the game while playing flag football. Um, before I go into yours real quick, because I'm going to get your parent view in just a second. I played flag football. I was an offensive lineman. I learned blocking schemes. I learned how to block properly. As a lineman, because you can't hold, you're not supposed to hold. So I learned the proper blocking techniques when it came to pass blocking and run blocking. So to me, she's not wrong in that aspect, because a lot of the fundamentals of the game is learning how to block properly. 
run routes, somewhat run routes, and also just kind of getting used to the um, repetitions of being able to catch, pass, and run. And that, to me, is the basic fundamentals of football. She is right on that. That's why I'm not actually um, against kids not playing tackle football until the age of 14 when they enter high school and actually start their tackling career starting in high school. To me, I'm not against it entirely. Um, though I would have loved to play Pop Warner, but my size and my weight didn't match what I could do in Pop Warner. I was always too big weight-wise, so I was never allowed to play Pop Warner in that aspect. But I would have liked to, but at the same time, I can also see where it would be a benefit. Less hitting that the kids have to start doing on each other. Because we've seen some highlights. Kids will pop each other pretty damn hard. Oh, yeah, man. So, as a parent now, and you know your son is medically not able to play the game, hypothetically, how would you feel about this situation if your son could play tackle football for Pop Warner Pee Wee? I mean, hypothetically, it wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like you said, it does teach the fundamentals of the game. So, I mean, and anything you can do to lessen that chance of a concussion or multiple concussions, mm-hmm. things like that, and lessen the chance of, you know, early on injuries. Because, you know, flag football is not a full contact sport at all. Right. I mean, accidents so, happen because it's the game of it, football. It does. But what I'm saying is, like, you're not going to get as hurt as if you're in there clobbering somebody. So, I mean, as a parent, yeah, I can see it. But at the same time, as that that kid that wanted to play football myself, I would be, I'd be pissed off if I had to wait till freshman year to to actually tackle tackle someone. I mean, yeah, as I was someone who had to play flag football because of my weight when I was younger, you know, I understand the frustration, yeah. of course. Yeah. But at the same time, I did learn the basics basics of football fundamentals. And I could have easily transferable if my body hadn't failed me entering high school. Actually, technically in junior high is when my body really started failing me. Surgery after surgery after surgery, which put on even more weight where I couldn't overcome to be able to play high school football. I probably would have been fine having playing flag and then joining the high school football team. And then, you know, really start popping people as an oh, offensive yeah. lineman. I was a right guard, baby. I was a mauler. Heck yeah, bro. I mean, and then, like I said, and I was going to say, too, I forgot about not only that, you learned fundamentals of, in my aspect, as a lineman, I learned um, the, uh, oh, God, I just had it on the top of my head, the um, oh, pulling guard motion, which is, I did that, too, where I'd, run, I'd have to run to the left, on a play to the left to help block out that way. I learned, and I, I did it from the left guard, so I learned both ways. I learned how to pull as a pulling guard to set up blocking. Uh, so it's not like you don't learn the fundamentals. You can easily learn it. At the same time, yes, as a kid, I can see then I was frustrated. But now as an adult, I wouldn't be against it. Even if I did have a kid and he could play, I probably wouldn't mind him just playing flag football to save his body from going through that kind of punishment yeah. early and then but, going but into the... But the problem is, too, you've got so many people out there like, oh, let him play, let him play. Yeah, well, that's... But see, that's, that's where I think it's... dandy, but you're going to, you know, you're lessening these chan- these kids' chances of, of 
their future endeavors with football. Mm-hmm. Because if they get hurt in an early age, yeah. they're not going to be able to play high school, college, on up. Right. Well, I mean, it doesn't... It, I guess it really will just depend on how you feel about it as a parent and whether or not you just want to do it. Yeah. I think it... I think it... I can see both sides, honestly. Oh, yeah. Especially as a former player, way when I was younger, why I would have liked to have played... Um, Pee Wee Pop Warner. Instead, I got stuck playing just flag football, but I still got to play the game. I got to learn the game, which was yeah. I think that's really. Uh, I'm not gonna say the word I want to say, but it, <laughs> it sucks for you, dude, because yeah. you should have been able to play Pop Warner. I don't care if you're bigger than them kids or not. Yeah, you know, you would have been a good blocker. You wouldn't have hurt nobody. Oh, I might have hurt somebody. If they put you on the defensive end, maybe. I might have killed somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, could you imagine this big guy as a nose tackle? Oh, baby. Let me at him. (laughs) Quarterback. Kill the quarterback. Kill, kill, kill. Of course, based on me, I was like one of those that was the tallest, biggest guy. So I might have actually played running back for the most part because in Pop Warner Pee Wee, you're basically running the football. You don't do much passing. Uh, Of course, now maybe you can do it more because... Kids are getting better at throwing as they get older. But back in my day when I played, they sucked at throwing. So I'd be, I probably would have just been a big old fullback and just give me ball and let me run through the line. Wouldn't have been a bad idea either. Nope, and I would have ran through some people. A lot of kids were smaller than me. So, all right, man. So let's go ahead and talk about what what we got from the coaches preseason top 25. Let's do it. We're not going to cover the whole top 25 because... That's a lot of coverage, but we'll give you the top 10 and some um, highlights from the rest of the top 25. So, number one, with 47 first place votes, can you guess? Give me a guess, Cooper. What do you got? Oh, that Bama. That's right. Alabama, baby. The Roll Tide will be number one heading into the season. Number two, do you know who it is, Cooper? It's not Clemson. No, you're it's right. Clemson's it's not. number three. Who is you are right there? Uh, I forgot who number two was. Number two was six first place oh, votes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oklahoma. I was going to say good old J.R. Alma mater, baby. The <laughs> Boomer Sooners of Oklahoma. Soon to be SEC <laughs> team. All right. And, of course, as he said, at six first place votes and number three, Clemson. Uh, the points between Clemson and Oklahoma is a difference of 15 points. So Oklahoma had the tiebreaker on points that gave them the second ranking. At number four, do you got a guess? Nope. I, I really almost stuck with the top three. The last college team for Urban Meyer, Ohio State, with a first with one first place vote. Gotcha. The Buckeyes. Number five, the rival for our Gators, and with three first place votes, Ugga, 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 the Bulldogs of Georgia. At number six is Texas A&M. Number seven, Iowa State. Cincinnati is eighth. Uh, Number nine, Notre Dame. Number ten, UNC. Our Oregon Ducks finish outside the top ten at number 11. Our Gators finish at 13. Uh, well, in voting, I shouldn't say they finished. They just were at voted at 13. Um, 
And Miami came in at 14. And let's see, who else can we highlight real quick? The uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers uh, still stayed in the top 25 at 22. Where are the Knolls at? <laughs> They're not even in the top 25? Dude. No. LSU made the top 25. Uh, and also, University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns, baby, finished in 23rd in the uh, f- first rankings. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. They didn't even receive a vote for the top 25. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, one a team that did? Liberty. But no Florida State. <laughs> oh, wait. That's the AP. I'm sorry. We were supposed to do the coaches pool. And I did the AP pool. I didn't even know the AP was out yet. All right. Coaches pool. Let's do that real quick. <laughs> My bad. Top 10. Alabama. Clemson's number two in that one. Without a first place vote, by the way. In the coaches pool. Which is interesting. Oklahoma's number two. Three with two first place votes. Then Ohio State, Georgia five, AM six, Notre Dame seven, Iowa State eight, North Carolina nine, Cincinnati ten, Florida eleven, Oregon twelve, and Miami is sixteenth. Uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns are twenty third, and the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers are twenty fourth. And Ole Miss is twenty five, and the only reason why I kind of bring up Ole Miss in that aspect is because of Lane Kiffin, because he's you know a popular coach, so I talk about him sometimes. And I'm checking their others to receive votes. If Florida State is in here, and one, one vote Boy. for Florida State. <laughs> Which ties them with Stanford, California, and Marshall. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah. There man. is your uh, top 25 AP and coaches polls. But as, as far as, uh, as speaking of uh, the Seminoles, mm-hmm. we just had a, uh, a very sad passing lately. Yes, we did. I forgot We forgot to talk about that last week when we discussed some football talk. Well, the last time we discussed some football talk, uh, Bobby Bowden, unfortunately, has passed away. I believe he was, what, 91 when he passed? I believe it was 91, yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, the old ball coach of Florida State um, is no longer with us, lost his battle to cancer. Um, he will be truly missed. He was a legend here in the state of Florida, whether you're a Gators fan, a Knowles fan, or a Hurricane fan, or one of the fans of the small schools. Oh, yeah. Bobby Bowden is a legend. by everybody in Florida. Mm-hmm. So, very sad to see him going. May you rest in peace. Yes, sir. Uh, coach, we're going to miss you. And, um, you know, have fun joining the legendary coaching staff that's already up in heaven. Because that's a legendary coaching yes. staff up there. All right, sir. Are you ready for our NFL standings predictions? <laughs> Because I know I am. Oh, man, this is too hilarious. I guess, <laughs> um, even though I kind of screwed up in some areas because I'm a, you know, but here we go. Yeah, anyway, so here we go. So with the AFC South Division, we're doing the South Divisions tonight. 
we give you, of course, both of us had the Tennessee Titans in first place. Cooper had him going 10-7. and seven. I had him going 13-4. and four. I think the addition of Julio Jones is really going to open up the offense for Tennessee. Their defense is still a little suspect, um, but Mike Vrabel usually can coach them up very well. And also, it's Caleb Farley, if he's healthy, is going to make up for the loss of Adoree Jackson on the, in the secondary. Um, next up, we both had the Colts going 8-9. and nine. Basically, this comes down to when is Carson Wentz going to be healthy enough to play and how long does it take for him to get into rhythm with the team because he's basically missing the entire rest of the preseason. So that's, I think, what led us to both having them not doing so well. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the Jaguars, Cooper's given them a little bit of a nudge, though he had the Colts sweeping the Jaguars, which gives the Colts a second-place finish over the Jaguars and gives them an 8-9 record as well as with the Colts, but the Colts, like I said, have the tiebreaker for a head-to-head matchup. And I have the Jaguars going 6-11. and 11. My problem is is the defense is probably going to be a little suspect. The offensive line is not that great. And I have a feeling Trevor Lawrence is going to be running for his life. And then there's that. We've already seen some preseason <laughs> games that weren't very promising. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And then uh, the Houston Texans, we don't even know what the hell's going on in Houston. You have a problem. A we have, huge problem. We both have them going 0-17. We just can't. Honestly, we could not really see a victory for them. Cooper almost gave them a win against the first game against Indianapolis because he's not sure whether or not Wentz is playing. If Wentz doesn't play, Cooper believes that Houston can win that because he doesn't believe in their backups. You got a second-year player and you got a rookie. That's more than likely. One of those guys will be the starting quarterback if Wentz is out and Cooper just doesn't believe in either one of them, which I can agree with. That's, (laughs) That's not a problem. But I do believe Indy, I had them losing to Indianapolis because I do think Wentz should be back by then and starting to get into form enough for that victory. So that's the only reason why Cooper didn't give them a win at all this year um, because of that factor. Um, If Carson plays, Cooper believes they'll go 0-17, which is why he put it down. He's he's hoping Wentz plays and then, because honestly, we looked at that schedule. There is no nothing on that schedule that screams, "Hey, Houston's gonna win a game." Yeah, not not at all. I don't see them beating and, Jacksonville. And with with what's going on with their quarterback situation, it's just yeah, uh, that quarterback situation. I don't see. We just don't see them beating Jacksonville or Cleveland. I mean, it. They can't go to Arizona and win. We know the Rams should beat them. I mean, the only thing the way the Rams won't win that game is if they pulled what they did last year in Miami and turn over the ball four times. They're not coming down to Miami and winning unless Tua just craps the bed. And by week 12, we kind of think, even though we don't have the Jets winning a whole lot of games, they should be cohesive enough by week 12 where they could should win that game in Houston. You know, they'll get a chance to get it together. And we definitely ain't having them beating Justin Herbert. Hell yeah. no. Yeah. So that's how we have the tactics. That's just a few highlights. And, of course, they play really good teams. And those really good teams should not give up that um, win. So, time for the South, baby, of the NFC. We both had the Buccaneers winning. 
Um, we almost have a perfecto in Tampa with Cooper go having them go sixteen and one. It was really close. What did you have? Oh, you had the Rams beating them in LA. That's yes, the only yes. saving grace that keeps Tom brother, Brady from brother, Come on, man. I had them losing too. My reasoning for it was is Tom Brady isn't always great in September. Now that was New England Tom Brady, but then we just saw it this last year with Tampa <laughs> Tom Brady too. They were off to that really kind of sluggish, slow start. Granted, the pandemic, they had no offseason, basically. Barely had any practice before the start of the season. But as we've seen, even pre-pandemic in New England, Tom Brady sometimes has a slow start in September. So I'm giving the Rams a chance at home against Tampa. If it was in Tampa, I probably would have given that to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So who's the other loss you got? I gave them a loss to, I believe it was Carolina. Uh, because they play back-to-back, right? No, no, no. They're it, not back-to-back. But. Uh, yeah, at home against Carolina only because, based off the record, I already had them going at 15-1 and one entering that game. They should be resting all their starters because at 15-1 and one, or 15-2, and two, they're probably more than likely going to be my number one seed sewn up. So I don't think they'll play anybody against Carolina at home. And that will be the second loss for me. Um, you, in which you said you could probably see that too. But you also believe Tom Brady probably will just play anyways and not give a crap. <laughs> yeah, he will. He's so. going to play till he's dead. All right. In second place, you have the Atlanta Falcons going 13-4. and four. Okay, okay, okay. Now hold on. <laughs> Hold on here. This was my brain fart, okay? You're because of the sole fact that I forgot they got rid of Julio. Yeah, they no longer have Julio. 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 Pitts is going to be great, mm-hmm. but we will see what happens. Yeah. I doubt they finish second in the division. Yeah. Now you've been out it. He's like, oh, wait, they don't have a... Julio pitches Yeah, it. and I wasn't thinking earlier when I was going through it, and then Big Man goes, uh, dude, Julio's with the Titans. Oh, shit. Which I think he would also give the Titans maybe another win or two because they have Julio. Exactly. And so we'd be a lot closer. not only that, but they got Derrick Henry. Yeah, they got King Henry, which, like I said, with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Yeah. They have weapons. You can't sit there and load the box on Henry all night. Because Tannehill, even though he's not a great quarterback, can pick you apart enough with those two really good receivers. Mm-hmm. Julio may not be the great Julio Jones that he once was, but he's still good enough where you can't sit there and load nine in the box to stop Julio. I mean, not Julio, but Derrick Henry. So, good luck. I wouldn't even be surprised if Derrick Henry doesn't break the rushing record this year because you can't load the box on him. So, <laughs> That's <laughs> what I have to say to that. Anyways, I have the Panthers going 6-11 and 11 in second place because I don't really see anybody doing much in the in this division outside of Tampa. Uh, you had the Panthers going 9-8. and eight. So you, you had three out of four teams above 500. I have only one team above 500 because I just have... I just, their defense to me in Carolina is not going to be a lot, though I think they did upgrade at quarterback. With Darnold, even though, yes, I do like Bridgewater, Darnold is mobile, 
a lot more mobile at this point in his career than Bridgewater because of Bridgewater's knee injury. That's yeah. the reason. Um, so he's a little bit more athletic, and he's got a way better arm. Uh, Bridgewater didn't have that cannon of an arm that uh, Aaron, I mean, not Aaron, Sam Darnold has. So, Darnold, Donald, Darn, Darnold's. Darnold. And then uh, you have the Saints going 2-15 and 15 because you don't believe in either quarterback whatsoever. No, I don't, man. And, and James Winston, he is a shit quarterback, yeah. and I don't care for him at all. I have the Falcons going 5-12, and 12, and the Saints going 5-12. and 12. I gave the Saints some wins at home against the other three, not the Buccaneers because that wasn't happening, at home simply because it's New Orleans and it's hard to win inside the Superdome. I'm still miffed and pissed at the Saints. How do you not draft a quarterback? I'm still a little pissed off about that, too. Because you had two opportunities to draft um, Trask. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. The other Kyle. Kyle. The other Kyle. You had two chances. Yeah. You failed both times, and he went to Tampa. (laughs) Anyways... Not bitter about that whatsoever. Just kidding. I am so bitter. Anyways, but just because of the Superdome, and for some reason, you have them losing to Philadelphia because you think better of Philadelphia than I do. So that I do. So that's my that's our difference really in the Saints records because I believe they can split the with Carolina and Atlanta, and uh, they will beat Philadelphia. So that's where I get the extra three games over him because he has no faith in New Orleans whatsoever. Almost really thought he was going to make them 0 17 as well. <laughs> it was really close. Went 2 and 15. That close, man. Still trying to figure out how you had Minnesota going 0 17. And I hate to say that about the Texans, but they literally have no one now. They don't. There's not a quarterback on that. Okay, there is a quarterback on that roster, Tyrod Taylor, that has starting NFL experience. Ooh. But there's nothing else. For Tyrod at all. He has no weapons. No real weapons. No real the, defense the anymore. defense just... Watt's gone. Watt's gone, yeah. Clowney's been gone. There's nothing on that defense that says, hey, you got a chance to win a game. I really have a... I wouldn't be surprised if they're 0-17. The other one we may have it might be Denver. I have to look at the rest of their schedule because I don't think I gave them a win yet, but we'll get to that point next week. Yeah. And find out for sure, but I kind of have Den- I might have a feeling I might have Denver going 0 17. I think I do too. Because of that quarterback situation. I love Teddy Bridgewater, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is enough on that offense and the really young offense on top of that. And that offensive line is iffy at best. Um, so that's where I have my problems with that offensive line, or offense in Denver. So. Really not sure why Denver didn't draft Justin Fields instead of Patrick Sertan, but, you know, I digress. Not my call, obviously. I would have picked Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Or I would have made a better effort trying to get Aaron Rodgers. One of the two. And there's that. Of course, there's rumors that they might... Watch the situation unfold in Houston and might trade for Deshaun Watson. You know, who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. So that was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my little mess up with the Falcons there, but 
<laughs> and the oh, Titans. And yeah, and the Titans. So we'll see what happens. I mean, trust me, I would have the Titans a little bit lower if I knew Carson Wentz was going to be healthy all year. Yeah. I, that would be a neck and neck, neck, neck division race. It wouldn't be basically what Colts? I... Yeah, the Colts and the Titans. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a basically a blowout that I have with the Titans winning thirteen and four. They both I probably have near like eleven and five or eleven and six, twelve and five probably, because it's Carson's health right now. Yeah, is what's keeping that from me um, believing in them and believing in the Titans more because the Titans really do play good defense with Vrabel with basically. No one you've really heard of, and they got flipping Derek freaking Henry, right? With Julio Jones, so you can't load the box anymore. So, though I don't know who playing who's playing tight end for him, but does it really matter? As long as Henry gets almost a hundred yards every game, and as long as uh, Tannehill doesn't try to force it and throw like you know almost twenty interceptions. That's why I have a hard time not picking them in a lot of these games. Yeah. So, I'm just saying. It's kind of hard not to pick them because they got the opportunity. But it's going to be – the AFC is going to be really interesting this year. It's going to actually be more interesting than the NFC when it comes down to it because you kind of know, even without our predictions, you kind of already know if you've looked at everybody's schedules, you kind of already know who's going to be in the playoffs. My only problem with my own team – Acres being out, it's going to be hard to run the clock. Um, we're asking a lot for um, Daryl Henderson and the rest of that on um, non running. Yeah, you, you guys' uh, running game is kind of uh... shot, which is why I'm still wondering why we haven't signed Peterson, even Gurley, Frank Gore, a veteran leadership, someone who's carried the rock in the NFL. Please give me somebody, dang it. Right? Someone other than Henderson who's carried the football in this league. Because the other three guys have yet to actually carry a ball professionally in a regular season game now because you can't count preseason as a carry the football. Because <laughs> they weren't playing anybody. They weren't playing nobody on the Chargers. Chargers sat like almost all their first and second string and so did we so so Henderson didn't even run <laughs> anyway so before I start going on another tangent let's go ahead and get this episode done um, we'll be back Saturday with or actually no we're doing Friday wrestling Friday. I forgot because we got the pay-per-view Saturday um, if anything changes with the pay-per-view on by Friday um, when we do this we'll talk about it because there is rumors that the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match is in jeopardy right now. But I haven't got a f- any word why, because they've only been pulling them from house shows appearances. They did show up on SmackDown this last week, but the house shows, neither one of them have been attending. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if they're just trying to make sure they both make it to the pay-per-view without oh, an injury. Probably, dude. You're trying to prevent injury from them. Probably. Usually, when you get to when we, when we get to a good pay per view, the house shows are kind of yeah, so lackluster because yeah. they don't want to have injury worries. 
I mean, we've even seen, um, what was it, not last year because he didn't wrestle, but the year, it wasn't in 2019 that um, Triple H got hurt at a house show, didn't he? Uh, I don't remember. I, th- I think he, like, pulled his calf muscle or something in a, uh, in a house show. So, I mean, you can get hurt at house shows, so. Oh, yeah, you can get It might have been 2018. So. Yeah. So, uh, that might be the reason, but, so, if we get an official word that that match is changing or altered in any way we'll um of course bring it up but mostly wrestling talk will be about aew's recent shows and uh president of the uh peep fan club over here is so excited (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm actually thinking about changing wrestling talk to more more about aew because it's a lot more interesting what's going on over there right now Especially with WWE and these these releases they've had. Mm-hmm. They might be jumping ship, baby. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Yes, sir. And, of course, we'll be back with more baseball, basketball talk uh, this uh, Sunday. Because we can. Because it's not going to be interfered with anything in particular. Thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully nothing happens between <laughs> with us. Personally, with a hopefully knock on wood, no sickness or anything, because that's getting really annoying for both of us. That we've been like almost every month, one of us has been sick. Yeah, it's been getting kind of nuts. Um, what was it? I lost my my voice. It yeah, then you're basically well, you got sick, then lost or lost your voice. Uh-huh. On top of that, so you're kind of like, uh, 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 and then you know we had some personal stuff happen. Yeah. We don't need to go into it, of course, but, you know, just things were happening that you really needed um, vocal break, so we gave it to you. And then, uh, but so basketball, we're going to talk about um, some, the opening night and Christmas Day slates, because, you know, it's worthy of talking about, and that's probably going to be all we talk about in basketball, unless another major move happens, I don't see that happening, but it's mostly going to be a baseball talk this um upcoming sunday and then of course next week we'll either hopefully do it tuesday or we'll end up doing it of course next wednesday more football talk because we got the rest of the divisions and we got another article we got to talk about we got an article we need to start talking about we were going to do it tonight i didn't have time (laughs) to get to the notes either way man it's still cool can't wait to to do this and Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a good week coming up, so there you go. That's right, because then also next week, we can preview some freaking college football games too, oh, baby. Yes. I forgot about that, because the following Saturday is the official kickoff for college football. That's what's up. We're looking forward to it. Oh, football season, baby. You're here. So excited. <laughs> I promise I won't do the Deadpool line. <laughs> oh, shut up. And on that note, (laughs) that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep Keep on on talking sports. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. 
This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.